This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Tuesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It is a uh, wet one down here. Heavy rain falling this morning and going to rain the next few days. I'm getting ready to head to Florida, so uh, uh, we're going to have our show today and then uh, Barb and I are heading down to Florida. Uh, we won't be back until next Monday night, so uh, we'll be back with you on next Tuesday. I'm going to try to tape a Friday show with Dan Zampano to talk about the NFL playoffs uh, this Friday's games uh, if we can do it. So I'll try. If uh, if uh, you're interested, I will. Uh, I'm actually, you know, one way or the other, I will put it up on uh, on Facebook and on Twitter if I'm able to do that. I'd like to pre-record something uh, so we have something going into Friday's game. So uh, uh, we'll talk about last night's game. A, uh, to, to call it uh, a disappointment would be an understatement. I guess unless you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, then I guess you're not too disappointed, uh, except maybe with your kicker. Uh, but we'll get to all that uh, in a minute. I didn't think I was actually going to make the show this morning. I thought I might end up <laughs> in in the hospital or in the emergency room getting a, a cast on my leg. Um, so I go out, as you guys that listen to the show know I have chickens uh, since we moved down here. We, uh, I've got a big garden, and, and we have our own chickens, which, by the way, with the price of eggs is a beautiful thing. I get two and a half dozen eggs a week from my five chickens. So uh, that alone is saving me a ton of money, uh, and I'm giving eggs away because I can't eat that many eggs. Uh, but anyway, so I, I'm going out this morning, first thing in the morning, to get the chickens, and uh, I end up going through <laughs> through the ground into like a into a like a hole and uh, I almost go face first the only thing that saved me was I was in my garden and I grabbed onto one of my raised beds that stopped me from doing a face plant into the ground and I've noticed for the last I don't know the last month my side yard on the other side of my driveway um, is full of uh, raised mounds so it looks like I have moles and I was like okay so I'm gonna have to do something about that well it's gotten worse and worse to the point where you know add the rain on top of that and the integrity of the ground has been compromised and I almost got killed so I'm getting ready to do a Bill Murray uh in Caddyshack and I don't have a gopher but I have moles and I'm getting ready to go uh all out war against the moles now I don't want to poison I have you know we have cats we have chickens um, you know, we have a lot of wildlife, a lot of deer around here. I don't want to po- I don't want to put poison down. So I've got to figure out the, uh, uh, what I can do. I'm not really sure. I've seen these things. They have these sonic things that you can put in the ground supposedly that will, uh, scare them away. I don't know. So I've got to do some research now on what to do about moles, uh, short of, short of getting C4 and blowing up my yard the way Bill Murray blew up that, uh, uh, the golf course. I got to do something. 
because the integrity <laughs> the integrity of my ground is being compromised. And now they've gone underneath my huge garden fence that I built. Um, now I've got raised beds that are like I, I built them like three and a half feet high to help the old man so he doesn't have to bend way over. But at some point, they're going to be able to get up into my raised beds and cause havoc in my garden, and God knows I don't want that. Uh, so uh, uh, so d- despite the fact I almost broke an ankle this morning, I'm more concerned about uh, you know my, uh, my produce. Spent a lot of time in that garden. I'm going to be pissed off if moles uh, go nuts on it. But uh, if anybody has any ideas and has dealt with moles before. I know a lot of it has to do with, uh, they say if you had a lot of grubs in the ground, that kind of thing, that uh, you can get rid of them. And there's this stuff, I've, uh, I think it's grub X or something you could put down, but i got to check and see if that's a poison. I don't want to have to worry about the wildlife and my cats and stuff. And uh, But if anybody has uh, anything else, uh, uh, any other ideas, feel free to email me. Uh, it's gene at sportscountry.net. Um, and, and let me know, because <laughs> I'm at a loss. Or you can message me on Facebook. Uh, if, uh, if you've got any suggestions, cause I'm, uh, I don't want to have to blow up my yard, but I also don't want my yard and garden ruined by, uh, by these stupid things. And I have cats, but, uh, you know, it's not like I said, like, it's not like a gopher that sticks its head up. These things stay underneath the ground most of the time. So, uh, I think in order to get them, you actually have to dig into the ground to find them. So, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. All right, let's, uh, let's get to last night's game. Um, <laughs> Dak Prescott had an absolutely awful game the last game of the regular season. I mean, he was absolutely brutal. And as a matter of fact, the way he finished up the season was brutal. So there was nothing in the way that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott were playing that would lead you to believe that they were going to go into Tampa last night and beat Tampa 31-14. to And, it, folks, it wasn't that close, right? I mean, Tampa got um, – a touchdown with two minutes left. Otherwise, it was thirty-one to six. And if their field goal, if their their kicker had been able to kick an extra point, it would have been thirty-five to six. So nothing, you know. And look, I, Tampa has not been great. They were under five hundred this year. Their their offense has struggled. But it wasn't their offense last night that really cost Tampa this game. It was their defense. Look, uh, Tampa had three hundred eighty-six yards of offense. But they couldn't run the football at all. When you get down early and you're down 24 to nothing, you know, 18 to nothing at the half, and again, kick an extra point is 21 to nothing. Um, but if, if, you, if you can uh, stop somebody, you know, maybe you can stay in this game. But the Tampa defense let them down, and you can't run the football when you're down 18 to nothing. You know, Tampa – Ran the ball a grand total of 12 times last night. Tom Brady threw it a career record 66 times. 351 yards. His percentage wasn't great. He was 35 of 66. I get it. Threw a pick in the red zone, which is something Tom Brady never does. You know, had the two touchdown passes. You know, And look, he did what he could do. But Tampa looked like they might be trying to get themselves back in the game. They score, you know, a touchdown at the end of the third quarter. And you're thinking, all right, look, you know, you're still down 18, but you still got Tom Brady and, you know, you still got a few receivers that are dangerous. So maybe. Well, on the ensuing drive, Dallas said, yeah, enough of that. 
Dak Prescott drove him down the field. CeeDee Lamb catches an 18-yard touchdown pass, and any chance that Tampa had went out. It's now 31-6. So, you know, the defense has to do a better job. Brady only got sacked twice, but he was under constant pressure all night. Uh, so, and now, of course, the questions are going to start about, you know, what's going to happen with, with uh, you know, Tom Brady's future. I think the most immediate thing that it, coming away from this game is if you're the Dallas Cowboys, right, and you've got to go and now play the San Francisco 49ers, do you sign a new kicker? Brett Maher missed four extra points. You don't – it's never happened. Never. Missed three in the first half. I mean, if, look, the NFL wanted this. They wanted something like this. When they moved the extra point back several years ago so that it no longer became essentially a 21-yard field goal, they were hoping for some chaos. I don't think anybody anticipated this. I mean, it was brutal. Brutal. So to the point where there was at one point, you know, they had a chance to kick a field goal or, or uh, yeah, to kick a field goal on fourth down. And the head coach, Mike McCarthy, says, you know what? No, you stay right there. We're going to go for it on fourth down. And they, they, they managed to make it, and uh, they ended up scoring a touchdown. And Maher finally kicked an extra point that was good. But if you're Dallas now and you've got to go play San Francisco, you have zero confidence in your kicker. Zero. So what do you do? You know, do you go for two every time against San Francisco next week? Uh, or do you sign somebody? I mean, I don't think you're going to sign another kicker, you know, in the second round of the playoffs. But could you blame them? I mean, that's just awful. Um, so I don't know, you know, look, if you're Tom Brady, I don't know what you do. And, and of course, that's the first thing everybody wants to talk about is what are you going to do? And he didn't want to talk about it. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go home and I'm going to get a good night's sleep and I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a day at a time. And he didn't sound at the end of the game like a guy, you know, that was, Walking off into the sunset, he was talking to his, his teammates. He said, oh, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, you know, and I've seen a lot of comments that, well, you know, Tom Brady, you know, yeah, he set the record for most completions and most attempts in the season and yada, yada, yada. But you know what? He's really not very good. You know, he's now a dink and dunk guy. You know, that he doesn't stretch the ball down the field anymore. It's, you know. Just a bunch of, you know, little outpasses. And that, look, has he lost a little off the fastball at 45? Yeah, he has. But can he still throw the ball down the field? Yes, he has. The reason that their uh, offense is the way it is is a variety of reasons. Number one, they've had a lot of injuries. Their offensive line has had injuries. He doesn't have the time to throw that he's had in the past. His, some of his receivers are getting a little long in the tooth. He's had receivers that have been injured. He doesn't have Gronk to throw to anymore. Um, you know, there's just been a variety of things. And then you add into that a brand-new head coach 
who is very, very, very conservative. You know, I think the reason that he averaged only, you know, nine and a half yards or, you know, per completion this year, which is the lowest of his career, it's not just on Tom. It's on the, the, the calls that are coming from the sideline and the offense that Todd Bowles um, is running. I know he's not the offensive coordinator, but he's still the head coach. So, you know, and, and look, after a, guy, after a season where a guy, you know, set the records that he did with completions and attempts, if he wasn't 45 years old, we wouldn't even be talking about this, about whether he's going to retire. And I'd be like, okay, well, you know, what, what's next? You know, this isn't I, – I saw an article this morning. I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was on uh, – it might have been on Yahoo. Um, and he said, you know, this, this isn't a situation like, uh, you know, the old days when, uh, you know, O.J. Simpson had nothing left and he's, you know, could barely walk and he's playing in a San Francisco 49ers uniform or, uh, you know, Willie Mays, who's well beyond his prime playing for the New York Mets or – uh, I remember Johnny Unitas, the great uh, Baltimore Colts quarterback, playing at the end of his career uh, for the San Diego Chargers, or Joe Namath, who's got you know no knees, you know, trying to play for the Los Angeles Rams at the end of his career. This is Tom Brady. This is a guy that can still get the ball down the field. Tom Brady's never been mobile. Tom Brady is who he is. You know, he's still the smartest quarterback out there, and despite his age, he still was in the top, you know, he's still one of the top five, six, seven quarterbacks in the NFL, period. I don't care what you say. So we wouldn't even be talking about this if he wasn't 45. You know, I was watching a Today Show this morning. He said, well, you know, he looked like, you know, he tipped his cap to the crowd and kissed his mom and dad. You know, this, this seemed like a guy that was, you know, walking off into the sunset. I don't agree. I think he's coming back. I, what I don't think, I don't think he's coming back to Tampa. Would Tampa like to have him back? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, if you're Tampa, you know, at some point, you have to, you know, you got to push the reset button and you got to move on. And maybe this is going to be the time for Tampa. After an 8-10 and 10 season, this is the perfect time to push the reset button. You let Tom Brady walk and go somewhere else. And look, quarterback play is so bad around the NFL right now. It's awful. You know, with the exception of the top, you know, 10% of the guys, it's awful. Half the half the NFL right now, and maybe not half, but you know, uh, probably 30 to 40% of the NFL right now needs a quarterback. There are plenty of spots where Tom Brady could play. Now, he's not going to go to a situation where he knows they're going to get their brains beat in. He wants to go somewhere where he thinks there's a chance that they could win a little bit. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, he's, he's look, he's from Northern California. He's not going to San Francisco. You know, let's, let's dispel that notion right now. You know, he's from the San Francisco area, but there's no way. Look, they have Trey Lance, who got hurt at the start of the season, who's supposed to be, you know, their next quarterback. Well, Brock Purdy, a guy who was the last pick in the last dra- this last draft, has become a folk hero there and has led the 49ers into the playoffs, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they go to the Super Bowl. 
So, you know, now you're going to already have the controversy there. Of, is it going to be Trey Lance because, you know, he's coming back from an injury, or is it going to be Brock Purdy? Whose team is this? Well, it's not going to be Tom Brady's. They don't need that distraction. So where does he go? Well, you know, I suppose he could go to Carolina. Carolina's got a, a, a decent foundation there. They've got a good running game. You know, but Sam Darnold is not not the answer. You know, so they're going to need a quarterback. I mean, maybe Tom Brady could go there. Houston needs a quarterback. Tennessee needs a quarterback. You know, would he would he like to go uh, to Tennessee and play uh, for an old teammate, Mike Vrabel? Why not? You know, they've got Malik Willis, who they think might be the future, and he needs you know a couple of years to to get ready. Well, who better to learn under than Tom Brady, right? You know, and, and, and if Rabel's one of the best coaches in the NFL, why not? You know, uh, there's plenty of other places they're going to, Seattle's going to need a quarterback. Maybe he'd go to Seattle. It's still on the, you know, the West Coast. But here's the other consideration. You know, Tom Brady may be a West Coast guy, but he's played on the East Coast his entire career, and his children are on the East Coast. And now being in a situation where, you know, you've gotten divorced and the kids are living with their mom on the East Coast, is he going to want to separate himself and play on the West Coast so he basically doesn't see his kids much during the regular season? You know, he see them all he wants in the offseason. But is, is he going to want to do that? So uh, I think he's coming back. I will be shocked, absolutely shocked if he walks away. I've been wrong before, even though I don't like to admit it. Uh, it's possible, but I think he comes back. Um, the odds are out for the uh, next round of the playoffs. Uh, the Saturday games, Jacksonville is going to be at Kansas City. The Chiefs are going to be eight-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Uh, and the Giants at Philly, the Eagles are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. So uh, uh, the odds makers don't think that the games on Saturday are going to be very close ones. The Sunday games, uh, 3 o'clock, it'll be Cincinnati at Buffalo. Buffalo is a five-point favorite. And as I said, you know, I'm not sure that Buffalo is that much better than Cincinnati. And I thought Buffalo was a little underwhelming, obviously, against Miami. But Buffalo is going to have the DeMar Hamlin factor and the fact that he got hurt against Cincinnati and the fact that he's home, he's already visited his teammates, I guarantee you he's going to be at the, at the, at the stadium if there's any way possible. You know, and every, this is going to be the DeMar Hamlin game. It, unfortunately for Cincinnati, they could be walking into a buzzsaw in this one. And then the 6:30 game, Dallas will be at San Francisco. San Francisco's only a four-point favorite. I was a little bit surprised by that, but I think that the reason it's only four points is because of the way Dallas played yesterday, and the way that Dak Prescott th- played yesterday. I mean, five touchdown passes after you know after absolutely stinking the last you know few games of the season. So. Uh, but anyway, so and I don't know what the, there's no odds down here on whether Tom Brady retires or not. Although I'm sure somewhere in Vegas, some sports book is taking uh, is taking tickets on Tom Brady's retirement. So we'll see. Uh, I mentioned yesterday about all the people that uh, took shots at Al Michaels for the uh, his final call 
of the Chargers Jaguars game. People thinking that was under, you know, underwhelming and boring and blah blah blah. You know, and and uh, as I said, it was basically a chip shot field goal. I mean, how, what do you want him to get excited about a chip shot field goal? Look, uh, you know, the, the the comeback had already happened. You know, this is like you know an, an easy field goal, and and have, and a flag was thrown on the play, and Al just called it the way it is. Well, people were killing him. Well, he had a, a conversation via text message with Andrew Marshawn of the uh, New York Post yesterday, and it was great. He said, you know, he said I must have gotten a hundred texts from folks who are happy to see me back. And then I read some comments that said we didn't sound excited enough. <laughs> and he said, I love this. He called it Internet compost. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and he said, look, you know, people that know me, it's like I'm the kind of guy. He's, I'm not an it's no screaming, no yelling, no hollering. He said it's television. He said ellipses and captions are sufficient when pictures tell the story. I'm not doing a game for the over-the-top YouTube hits. Good for him. As I said, look, you know, there's too much screaming. You know, everybody loves Gus Johnson. I think Gus Johnson's over-the-top, and I don't dislike Gus, but I think there are times that Gus loses his freaking mind. I think Kevin Harlan goes over-the-top sometimes, and I like Kevin Harlan, you know, but but there's too much tendency these days for announcers to either be like homers, if you're broadcasting for a particular team, you're a homer. Worst homer in, in sports right now? Watch a Boston Bruins game on Nesson and listen to Jack Edwards. What Jack Edwards does on Nesson with the Bruins is embarrassing. Embarrassing. You know, to the point where, you know, he was, you know, calling a guy in Tampa fat. and I mean, it's just brutal. It, it harkens back to the days of, Remember Johnny Most, any, any of you from New England, the way Johnny Most used to call Celtics games. And I used to think it was funny when I was a kid. But, you know, now that I've called, you know, a couple thousand games in my life, it's just not the, it's not professional. And Al Michaels is nothing if, if not a professional. So I, I, I applaud the fact that he's fighting back and says, hey, I'm not doing it, you know, for the over-the-top, you know, hits on YouTube. And he said, look, he said, a lot of folks who understand this interest industry are annoyed with the over-the-top yelling that makes the game sound like an offshoot of talk radio. He's absolutely right. It doesn't need, you don't need to scream and yell and lose your freaking mind when you're calling a game. Even when I was being employed by a team or a university, I wasn't a homer. I called the game the way it was. I called it straight up, and I tried to have fun with it, but I called it straight up. You know, and he, and so like he said, people that understand, you know, don't like what's going on these days, the way games are being called. And Al said, I'm in that corner. He said, but obviously there's others who think otherwise. But I am really glad to hear that he fought back because it was uncalled for. This is one of the greatest announcers in the history of announcing. You know, and, and this was not let, let let's get this straight. You know, people kept bringing up all oh, the miracle on ice. Hey, let's bring let's let's make this very clear. That game against the Chargers with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was it was cool. It was a great comeback. I get it. All right. Um, but it was a chip shot field goal that won it. And the Chargers just collapsed. This was not the miracle on ice. That was one of the greatest upsets 
basically in a bunch of amateur college kids from the United States playing against professional hockey players from Russia or from the Soviet Union, USSR at the time. It was one of the greatest upsets in the history of sports, period. And yeah, he was really jazzed for that because there was a reason to be. <laughs> that was that was one of those moments where you do kind of let loose. You know, and even then, you know, it was like, do you believe in miracles? Yes. And he yelled yes, but that's it. That's Al Michael. That's the way Al Michaels has always been. But, you know, that's why the Internet sucks. That's why social media sucks. And all these a-holes that are taking shots at him have never called a game in their lives. You try it sometime. I wasn't very good in the beginning. But after calling thousands of, of football and basketball and baseball, uh, hell, I called field hockey and lacrosse. I've called everything. I've done probably two, 3,000 games in my life. And I got much better at it to the point where people think I'm pretty good. I don't do it anymore because it's time not to because <laughs> I don't want to. You know, I have opportunities down here to, to call, you know, go do some college games or high school games. I, don't, I just don't want to. You know, the, the going out at night and dragging all my equipment, and, you know, I just I don't want to. But these people that are criticizing him have no clue what they're talking about, and they've never done it, and they need to shut the hell up. And good for Al Michaels. That's all I'm saying. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, television, ratings for the NFL, down 3% this year. You know, and that's not something with the NFL, not much goes down. Now, the reason that it went down 3%, part of it is because of Thursday Night Football being only streaming, only on Prime Video. Um, they said that the average NFL game got 16.7 million viewers across television and digital platforms. That was the average, 16.7 million. The Prime Video averaged 9.5 million. Um, you know, now Amazon gives a different uh, gives a different number. Their, their viewership measurement, you know, that they do because they can clock every, um, every computer, you know, watching, et cetera, is like 11.3 million. But regardless... Uh, the numbers are down a little bit, but that's what happens when you go to streaming only. And that's why, you know, some of these, um, you know, like what Major League Baseball is doing is putting games on YouTube or putting games on Apple and where they're only available there. You know, it hurts your numbers. The NFL can get away with that crap. You know, I'm not sure that the other sports leagues can, you know. And, and 3%, is it, a, is it a huge number? No, but it's still, again, with the NFL – it's everything's usually on an upward trajectory, not down. It's 32 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the wake up call on sports country. It's 34 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake up call here on a uh, Tuesday morning. You know, it never ceases to amaze me, uh, amaze me the number of scumbags that we have in the world. Um, you know, with with the uh, you know how many of us have uh, you know get these spam emails all the time or these phishing things where they're trying to get you to click on something and you know take your information and and steal your money and yada yada yada. Well, uh, if you recall over the weekend, 
uh, offensive lineman Devin Willick from the University of Georgia was killed in a car accident along with a member of the uh, uh, the recruiting staff at Georgia just hours after they had celebrated uh, the University of Georgia's second consecutive national title. Um, you know, and we still don't have all the details, but as I said, at 2.45 in the morning, nothing good happens. You know, and I, I hope alcohol wasn't involved, but, you know, I, I fear that it was. But regardless... Right after that, yesterday, this uh, thing appears on the Internet that uh, this charity has Willick's game-worn jersey that they're going to be auctioning, auctioning off for charity. Um, and it was a charity that, that I guess he had been involved with at one time. And, uh, you know, so they claimed to have his jersey and that they were going to auction it off. Well... One of the local news channels in Atlanta did some investigation and uh, they did some work on, on trying to find out where this came from and, and what this group was. And uh, come to find out, hey, guess what? It's a scam. The A, they don't have his jersey. And B, these people that say that they, are auction, that they were going to auction this off for this charity have no affiliation with this charity whatsoever. So this is just another one of these cases where you have scumbags trying to take advantage of a disaster to fleece people. It's the same, you know, the same thing down in the uh, Georgia area in, in Alabama where the tornadoes just ripped through there a few days ago. You have contractors, quote-unquote contractors, going in and trying to, uh, to fleece people, trying to say, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fix your house. You know, I'll do that. All you got to just give me your credit card. And I'll go down and I'll buy all the supplies and I'll fix your house. You know, and they actually have to warn people, hey, don't ever give a contractor your credit card. You know, if he gives you an estimate for what it's going to cost, you go buy the materials yourself. You know, and, and or order them yourself. Have him give you the list. Don't ever give somebody your credit card. And, you know, you say, well... That's common sense, Gene. You know, why, why are we even talking about this? Because what they do, a lot of them, is they look for the older people. And, and when I say the older people, I mean people older than me. I'm 62 years old. I'm talking about people that were my mom's age. You know, people that don't understand, you know, and are, are maybe more trusting. Um, you know, my mom when she was alive, we had a couple instances where, you know, she's using her computer and this pop-up thing would come up and say, hey, your, your computer's, you know, infected with a virus, call this number. And one time my mother did that. And they tried to get her to go out and buy gift cards and, then, and give them the numbers and then they would show her how to fix her computer. And they said they were from Microsoft. And my mom did it or started to do it. And then something tickled in her and she called me and I said, mom, you know, don't, mom, don't do that. You know, and I raced down, you know, she lived almost an hour from my house and I raced down and, you know, cause she was in tears cause you know, she didn't understand. And that's what these scumbags do. It's disgusting. Uh, my wife, Barbara works, uh, for a re uh, you know, a major retailer. Matt, she works for home Depot. Um, and the other day 
there was an old lady in the store that probably was in her 80s. And she bought $7,000 worth of gift cards. Now, it shouldn't have happened. They have this procedure. If, if it's over a certain amount, it's supposed to get uh, you know manager approval because there's a lot of scamming going on you know, with people uh, stealing gift cards. I don't know all the ins and outs. I just know that that's the rule that they have. Well, you know, it didn't it, it didn't get caught at first, but then it did. It got flagged, and the the company, the store, post voided the transaction so that the cards no longer were working. Well, this old lady comes back in a little while later and says, "Hey, um, there there must be a problem because all the." Uh, all these gift cards say they have nothing on them. And then, you know, my wife as a manager said, well, ma'am, this is why, and yada, yada, yada. You know, she said, but, you know, if you'd like, you know, now that I see you and I and I realize that, you know, and, and that, that you know, that if you want to do it again, you know, uh, I'll help you do the transaction. And in the meantime, they looked at the gift cards, and all the numbers had been scratched off the back because that's what the scammers do. They want you to get the gift card and then scratch off that little thing in the back and then give them those numbers because that's how they get to the cards well because Home Depot had voided them there was nothing on the cards and you know my wife something just again my wife was she's like why why would she know that all these cards because the woman originally told her well I'm giving them as gifts to my family and uh, then my you know my wife thought well if they're giving them out as gifts how would she know that they were all had nothing on them because she wouldn't have had time to give them out to everybody. And then my wife started thinking and she remembered about what happened to my mom and what happened to her aunt one time, same thing. And so finally she pulled the woman aside and said, ma'am, you know, are you, did somebody tell you to come do this? You know, is, is, and she said, well, I had this thing pop up on my computer and, uh, you know, it said that uh, I don't even remember what it was that she said, but whether it was a virus or whether it was. Uh, oh, no, I think it was, uh, you know, the, the, she was uh, the cops were investigating her or something and she needed to give them this money to uh, to stop the investigation or to, to pay the fine or something. And the woman just said, oh, OK. And she went to do it. And Barb said, ma'am. This is a scam. These people are going to take your money. They're going to take your $7,000. And, you know, the woman, like, was, like, kind of went back and forth with her. And then finally my wife just, she, she finds, ma'am, let me explain to you. And she explained about her, my mom and her aunt. And the woman finally went, oh, my God. And she, you could see, like, her face fall. And she was like, oh, my God. You know, and, she, and, and, and the woman was like, oh, thank you so much. And she said, well, what do I do? And, and then Barb kind of said, well, look, here's what you got to do. You got to. You know, you got to, you know, wipe your computer and you got to take it to somebody. And, you know, anyway, uh, but that's what these people do. They they prey on older people, people that don't understand. And it's the same thing, you know, with this Devin Willock thing. They, you know, this these scammers say they claim to have this jersey, which they don't have. And they're going to give this money to charity. So they want people to donate. You know, it's like, remember those people in New Jersey? that were setting up this this married couple that set up this fund for this guy that was supposedly homeless and you come to find out it was all a scam the guy the guy may have been homeless but the couple went to him and said hey look here's what we'll do 
you know, we're going to raise all this money and we'll give you this much and then we're going to keep this much. And it, it turned out to be a scam. That's what they do. It's disgusting. So, uh, you know, it was, I mean, when I, when I saw that report on, on the news yesterday, I just was, you know, it, the level that people will stoop to, to take advantage of a kid being killed, to take advantage of people that have lost everything that they have in, in, in a tornado. It's just, how do you sleep at night? I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, anyway, uh, some more positive college news, or not more positive. Let's, let's switch to some positive college news. Uh, Jim Harbaugh called the president of Michigan yesterday uh, to let him know that he is going to stay on at the University of Michigan as their football coach. Um, he had been linked to several jobs that actually talked, I believe he had talked to both Carolina and Denver and has decided that he is going to stay at Michigan. Uh, they're going to work out some kind of a contract extension for him. Um, look, he's been the, he's entering his ninth year. Uh, this one might be a bit of a challenge. He's, he's, they're under NCA investigations now uh, for some impermissible texts and phone calls when, for high, at high school prospects when they're not supposed to. Uh, and it was all that stuff that happened during the pandemic. During the pandemic, they added like this uh, dead period for contact with potential recruits, and uh, and then there was a thing about uh, buying some hamburgers or something for some, you know. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to be. These aren't going to be uh, level one violations that are going to be like a, a death sentence to the to the program, but they're probably they may lose a few scholarships, and he may get suspended for a couple of games, but. Uh, it sounds like he's going to stay at Michigan. And if you're a Michigan fan, look, you got to be happy. Uh, they've beaten Ohio State the last couple of years. Uh, they haven't won the national championship yet, uh, but they've, you know, they finally seem to have things going in the right direction. He's 74 and 25 in eight years. I mean, they were 13 and 0 this year until they threw up on themselves against TCU and lost a game that I think they had no business losing. I still can't believe TCU beat them the way they did. And and I think it goes to show you how badly Michigan played, you know, that TCU could win and then go into a game against Georgia for the national title and lose 65-7. to I guarantee you there is no way on God's green earth Michigan loses to Georgia 65-7. to They're still going to lose, but it's, it's, it's not going to be 65-7. to There's no way in hell. Uh, it is 45 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take one more break. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Tuesday morning, the last day before uh, my wife and I uh, get ready to take a little vacation down to Florida to visit some friends and family down there. Uh, looking for it. It's supposed to be 84 degrees. 84 degrees in Florida. Can't wait. Um, Boston Celtics yesterday playing in the afternoon on Martin Luther King Jr. Day uh, beat the Charlotte Hornets uh, for their seventh straight victory. 130 to 118. Jason Tatum, 51 points. Seventh time in his career he scored 51. But it wasn't just a 51. He, I mean, he was 15 of 23 from the field. 14 of 14 from the line. It's like, you know, a lot of times you'll see guys throw up these ridiculous numbers, but, you know, they're shooting 35% for the game because they just keep hoisting up these ridiculous shots. But Jason Tatum was about as effective as you can get uh, yesterday. Derek White added 19. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 16. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown still out for the Celtics, probably will miss a couple of more games before he comes back. Uh, but the Celtics were 24 of 25 from the line in this game. Uh, best record in the Eastern Conference. 
Uh, they are 33 and 12. I mean, look again. If you're if you're living in Boston, and you know, I know the Patriots were awful this year, and uh, you know we're worried about what the Red Sox are going to look like. Man, I'll tell you what, 33 and 12 for the Celtics, and then you have the Boston Bruins. They just continue to roll. They are now 21, one and three at home this season. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday 6-0. I mean, it was one of those where you're watching it. If it was a fight, they would have stopped it. It was absolutely brutal. But David Krejci last night played, or played yesterday afternoon actually, played his 1,000th career game. And how about this? He, uh, he had three assists in the game. And they were all to his fellow countrymen from Czechoslovakia, uh, one by Pavel Zaka and uh, two by David Pasternak. Uh, Krejci, a guy who's played in 16 years in Boston, played for 15 years, and then took last year off, returned home to play in Czechoslovakia uh, for a year, and then uh, came back to Boston. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, what a, uh, what a godsend that has been for the Bruins. It's part of the reason why they are so much better this year. Brad Marchand also had a goal in this one. Uh, Jeremy Swayman picked up the shutout at home. I mean, it's just been unbelievable. The Bruins are so much better than anybody else right now. But again, at the end of the day, do it in the playoffs. But but just look between the Bruins and the Celtics. I mean, it's happy times are here again if you're a sports fan in the city of Boston. Hey, how about this performance yesterday? Andy Murray playing with two artificial hips. Won a, won a match yesterday at the Australian Open, a five-setter. Uh, he beat the number 13-ranked player in the world, Matteo, uh, Matteo Berrettini. Won the uh, final set 7-6, 10-6 in the tiebreaker. Four and a half hours with an artificial hip. Um, look, Murray's 35 years old. Obviously, his best days are behind a former number one. He's now ranked 66th in the world. Uh, it is the first time that he has beaten... Uh, a top 20 opponent at the Grand Slam since 2017. You know, I mean, and that was before it, it looked like he was going to have to retire with the, you know, the hip and leg injuries uh, started happening. Uh, you know, he had one surgery on the hip, and then uh, they ended up having to have a second one. And it's just uh, what a great story. And, you know, look, is he going to win the Australian Open? No. He's got a great history there. You know, he's, he's a five-time runner-up there. Uh, and four of those losses, by the way, are Novak Djokovic so, and one to Roger Federer. So it's not like his runner-up finishes are, uh, are bad. But this is a guy that's had some success there. Uh, you know, what's he going to have left in the tank at 35 on a metal hip? Probably not a lot, but still pretty cool that he, uh, that he managed to do that. And uh, so good for him. Good for him. Uh, the Red Sox. By the way, 71 days to opening day. 71 days. And it's 30 days until all the Red Sox players will be in Florida for spring training. I think pitchers and catchers report like the 12th or 13th, and then the full squad's supposed to be there, I think, on the 17th. So we're going to have spring training baseball coming up in 30 days. God, I can't wait. But the Red Sox made a signing yesterday, and this is – you know, this is a low-level, uh, great signing, I think, for the Red Sox. They signed uh, Jorge Alfaro 
to a minor league deal yesterday with an invitation to the big league camp. If he makes the team, he gets $2 million bucks, And he can opt out on either June 1st or July 1st if he's not in the big leagues. Look, he's 29 years old. He was non-tendered by San Diego. Um, he played in 82 games last year. Last you know season of his uh, arbitration season. He had 246. Um, but look, this is a guy that is a pretty good, uh, defensive catcher. He's his, uh, he, he, his pop time, what they call it, which is basically, uh, getting up out of the crouch and getting the ball out to second base was in the 96th percentile of catchers last season. Now he only threw out five of 30. So it tells me his arm strength might not be the best. Um, but this is a guy that could give them some insurance can give him a little pop. Look, the Red Sox catchers this year are Reese McGuire and Connor Wong. Reese McGuire is a career backup. Connor Wong has less than 30 games of Major League experience. Jorge Alfaro uh, has, you know, played quite a bit. And, you know, the Dominican League doesn't mean a lot, but he's been playing down there in the winter, uh, and he is tearing the cover off the ball down there. So I like this. You know, he uh, – this could be – a guy that works his way. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, the greatest catcher since, you know, he's not Christian Vasquez. Okay. Let's not get carried away. He's not Carlton Fisk. He's not Jason Veritek, but considering it, we're looking at Reese McGuire and Connor Wong and they got this guy for two, two million bucks. This could be a great signing for the Red Sox. Great one. Uh, they still need to make some other moves. They need to, uh, uh, they're, they've been rumored uh, to be talking to jerks and Profar perhaps about playing shortstop. I'm not thrilled about that, but I could live with it. I mean, look, he's got to be better than, uh, uh, you know, I would prefer that, I think, than having Kike Hernandez there. I, I like Kike Hernandez in center. We need to keep his, his rear end right there. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, Profar for a one-year stopgap, why not? Why not? Uh, the Cubs signed Trey Mancini to a two-year deal. Uh, Mancini turns 31 in March. You know, uh, look, he's he's a 265 career hitter, an OPS of like 790, 125 career home runs. He's got some pop. It wasn't great last year. Got traded to Houston. Finished the season only hitting 239. He had 18 homers, 63 runs batted in last year. Uh, but I saw this graphic, and it was overlaying all his hits last year between Baltimore and Houston, and then translating those hits – to Wrigley Field. If he hit, if, if all the balls that he hit last year and he was playing in Wrigley Field, he would have had 32 home runs. So, he, you know, this might be, and maybe maybe the Cubs looked at that and said, hey, <laughs> let's let's give this a shot. Uh, and, then to, and then just another example of how crazy the money has gotten in Major League Baseball. The San Diego Padres, uh, International Signing Day was Monday. The San Diego Padres signed a 16-year-old from Venezuela by the name of Ethan Salas to a $5.6 million bonus. He was the consensus top overall prospect in this year's class. He's a left-handed hitter, uh, younger brother of Jose Salas, who's one of the top prospects in the Marlins system. Uh, but... $5.6 million for a 16-year-old kid that has not played one minute in even the minor leagues 
in the United States. Nuts. Absolute nuts. Hey, it's James Earl Jones' birthday today. The, perhaps one of the greatest voices in the history of voices. He is 92 years old today, born in 1931. Of course, everybody knows him as the voice of Darth Vader uh, in Field of Dreams. But, you know, his his resume is so much bigger than that. So much bigger. Uh, what a great actor, great voice, uh, and uh, uh, 92 years old today. It's also Su- Susanna Hoff's birthday today. Susanna Hoff's the lead singer of the Bengals. And in honor of Susanna Hoff's 64th birthday, here's a little Bengals for you on the way out. Walk like an Egyptian. Hey, we'll see you next week. We're headed for Florida. Uh, and as I said, we will try to uh, uh, get Dan Zampano on to tape something for Friday uh, and I'll put something out on Facebook and on Twitter to let you know whether we're going to have a Friday show or not. It's going to be whether Dan's available or not before I take off. Uh, here's Susanna Hoffs and the Bengals. We'll see you on next Tuesday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.